What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of From Broadway to Belmont. I am your host, Krista Sellams, and with me, as always, is my wonderful co-host, Kevin Koff. Kevin, jump in, say hello. Hey, welcome back. Probably talk super loud. Sorry, my mic broke. Uh, so apologies to anybody who's listening to this, and it sounds absolutely terrible. I'm probably screaming at the top of my lungs, but uh, good to be back on that. I'm also sick, so just really hitting all the bullets here, but glad you're doing well, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I'm, do- I'm doing great. Um Happy Thanksgiving or, or happy yeah. belated Thanksgiving. You know, sorry we didn't put a pod out last week. We, <laughs> we were both stupid. You know, the, the, the conspiracy theories were flying, but we genuinely <laughs> just both forgot our microphones. Yeah, I felt kind of bad when now. I did, but then you texted me. I was like, oh, so did I. So all's well that ends well. Yeah, man. I'm a father now, so. Um, yeah. Uh, Miss- I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a new, I'm a, I'm a cat dad now. So, Miss Moki. Um, is that how you Mochi pronounce it? Is, is Mochi, Mochi. Sorry. No worries. Yeah. So she's, um, she, she was, uh, well, I was worried about my girlfriend's putting her into frame here oh. so Kevin could see. <laughs> Very cute. She's adorable. Um, but yeah, no. Um, how was your Thanksgiving? It was good. Got to, uh, back with the fam a little bit. How about you? It was good to, good to be back, see everybody after having off last year, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. How about you? It was a good. It was a good time. Uh, I had some people over the house, some family and stuff. Saw some. The first time I've seen a lot of my family is, since I moved, so it was nice oh, to see good. some people again. Um, lost most of my football bets that day. So that was <laughs> that was fun. Um, didn't overeat, which was good, and um, I didn't win any of the games at LCR we played. So um, overall, it was it was a good day. Could have been better, but um, in terms of gambling and losing money, but. Um, Overall, it was it was it was a good day. The weekend the weekend was good. We I threw a, a great surprise party for my girlfriend. Wow, best boyfriend. Um, that's me. Um, threw a great surprise party. Got my Christmas tree. Decorated my house and stuff. So it was it, we were productive. Not bad. Now I think we didn't have the Thanksgiving pod, which was going to be brought up, but I think we need best and worst Thanksgiving food from each of us. I think we we, we this did is we say be, I think a pod tradition yeah uh, I think yeah, we did yeah. this last year so I <laughs> I was thinking about listening to the Thanksgiving oh, pod last year to see Damn. what my answer was um, they're probably best, still the same so what do you want to go first or you want me to you can you go first go start for this it. off you can go all right um, this is like the main proponent of Thanksgiving and I'm gonna probably get a lot of shit for this but I don't care. Worst item to me personally, turkey. There's I agree. Absolutely, it's it's outdated. Nothing, nothing you could do to turkey to make it taste good, in my opinion. Um, no matter who's making it, it's just it's just such a subpar um, meat in general. Deli meat turkey stinks. Regular really, turkey I'm a, stinks. I'm a deli meat turkey guy. The regular turkey, I'm not a fan of, but deli meat, I can get behind. I I like most deli meat besides um, like mortadella and um, and turkey. That's about it. And almost anything else, like I, I deli meat wise, I will eat it. Those are just the only two that I don't I don't jive with. But um, yeah, no, turkey's definitely up there for me in in terms of worst um, item at the Thanksgiving table. Um, best item is the stuffing my brother and grandpa make. I don't know what my grandpa's recipe is, but I just, I enjoy it. I was, I was not a huge stuffing guy for a long time in my life. And then 
few years ago I had it and I, I you know, my, I was, a, my eyes were opened to, to <laughs> how great stuffing is and how great his stuffing is. So that's fair. Um, so yeah, that's probably best for me. Um, what about you? Yeah. Turkey. So overrated. Glad. I think that's a big popular opinion now. It, yeah. I guess it didn't used to be, but I think it is now, but uh, stuffing is a good one. My dad makes a good sausage stuffing. Uh, I think mac and cheese. I think mac and cheese is the definite must. As long as somebody knows how to now, make it right. Now, I think this was discussed last year, but I I I would say that if we served it. That's like the only yeah. thing that doesn't get served That's fair. On, on Thanksgiving in my family. And I don't know why. And I thought about making it myself this year, but I was like, no, that's going to be too much. I, I was at my mom's house, and I didn't want to stress her out any more than um, she already was. So, that's big expectations, um, too. Like, if you mess up, like... All, all eyes on you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've seen enough uh, macaroni and cheese videos on oh TikTok God, to know like bad. <laughs> to know they what not bad. to do. I've seen I've seen some really bad ones and I've seen some really good ones. So um, I, I take take notes on that. So um, but yeah, no, overall, it was it was a good it was a good Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, the Rangers won some games. They got a game postponed, which sucked. Um, wonder who that me. wonder who that was against. <laughs> Spoiler. But, um, but yeah, we'll get into that. Um, yeah, we'll just get into that. We'll just get into that. We first. can hit, the, so, hit I mean, the rain. We can hit the Rangers first if you want. It's up to you. Yeah. So I mean, the Rangers played on Thanksgiving Eve. I was watching the game while I was out for a little bit, um, and I I don't want to say they put they put a beat down on the Islanders because they didn't really play the Islanders. They put a, a a beat down on the Bridgeport Sound Tigers for the most yeah. part. Yeah, I, mean, I was, was in a, attendance. That was just an age roster up and down. Yeah, that was tough. Oh yeah, your first game at the new arena. Yeah. let's go. Let's tap into that first. Let, how was that experience? It was awesome. I mean, man, it's a it is a hell of an arena. It was definitely tough, like you said, going with the bridgeport sound tigers a lot of sound tiger jerseys or bridgeport islanders now i guess but uh man the arena's a beauty it's it's kind of crazy that the islanders play there now it's like it's so nice it's so clean they have all the food options you want everything's beautiful the sight lines are incredible like the arena on the inside like where the ice is looks incredible but i mean it, it was definitely awesome to see uh i went to that and the pittsburgh game on friday after thanksgiving so Got to do a double whammy, thankfully. But, yeah, it was a, a definite tough game. I mean, I'll hop more into the UBS later um, with, I guess, my reactions. I don't really have too many. Just it was it was just very nice, and it's good to have a home place. But definitely a tough game for the Islanders. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, yeah, the Rangers, it was a, well, a 4-1 victory. We predicted 4-2. So close. So close. I was I was right in the Chris Kreider tipping. Yeah, that was goal. that was just uh, ridiculous. I don't, I don't think it was a tipping, but he did get the first he goal. He tipped it in. Um, I was right there. He, it wasn't so yeah, a traditional tipping, I guess, but he redirected and. Yeah, so he so he got the first goal like I predicted. Um, he got another one that game. Um, so he's definitely on pace for thirty this year. He's playing out of his mind. Kevin Rooney, um, in a defined role. Got two goals. He looked good. Ryan Reeves that game looked really good. Um, and that I never thought, line, yeah, it changed the game. That's not, yeah, that's not really a sentence you 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 
should be uttering in 2021. Ryan, 34-year-old Re- <laughs> Ryan Reeves looks good, but he looked awesome that night. I mean, two assists for him. Bro, that um, that hold, the toe drag to the fake pass, and then he's like passed it across to Rooney. That was incredible. It was down or scored to make it two-one. The crowd was all fired up. Like, yeah, we finally got a goal, and it comes down 20 seconds later and does that move like. That was incredible. Um, as yeah. much as I hate to say it, like it was a nice goal. That that ended the whole game. It took all the air out of the building. Nobody was into it after that. You know, you knew the honors weren't getting two more after that. It was like I think a little bit into the third, maybe, or maybe end of the second. I think probably a little bit into the, the third. And it just just ended the whole game. So credit to them. Yeah, and um Reeves had a great quote after the game, too, about just saran wrapping his hands. So, you know, he didn't touch anything and didn't lose his magic. So he's a quote machine. Um, still waiting on the Rangers to put those T-shirts out and send some my way. But, you know, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll cross that bridge when we get there. And then the Rangers played um, again on Friday, uh, the day after Thanksgiving. Um, in a game, I thought they were absolutely 150% going to lose. Matinee. The Rangers, the Rangers – suck in the afternoon they are not an afternoon team and traditionally they are not a good afternoon team against boston i feel like every year since i've been watching them they play boston at least once in the after on like a saturday or sunday matinee game and it is always horrific it's never fun <laughs> to watch we usually get the breaks like you know, we just get beaten down and the rangers i thought were pretty good i thought they they had a really dominant game i mean i think that was a 5-2 victory um I feel like it blew open at the end, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, no, that third – yeah, so it went in. So the Rangers looked horrible in the first period. um, And then Strom gets a goal with five seconds left to tie it up 1-1 going into the the intermission, which was great. You know, riles everyone up. uh, You're still in it. It's basically a 0-0 game at this point. Um, You go into the second intermission, uh, 2-2 game. You're still in it. It's anyone's game. And then, yeah, it kind of opened up. I think Laugh had a goal in the third. Um, I, Panarin, I might, think, might have had one. I, I'm not sure off the top of my head who who scored all the goals in the third period. But uh-huh. um, the Rangers, you know, they kind of just kicked the door down um, in the third period, and then they looked like a really good team. Um, and then, of course, you know, the the Marshawn Panarin stuff happened. Oh yes, you would you would think that Brad Marshawn pulled out a gun and shot Artemi Panarin. Yeah, no, I mean, it was I, – I, so I wasn't watching um, when that happened, but, um, but um, yeah, no, I, it, it was def- it was definitely – I didn't expect it to happen and watching all, like, the, the GIFs and, and the videos of it and stuff, like, I, I do think it was one of the funniest things I've seen it in a long time. It was quite comical. Just, like, him just rip – Panarin just ripping his glove off and just tossing it over at Marshawn and, and – I, I I think the initial reaction was like, oh, well, like, I guess he must have said something. And then, you know, you see all the quotes coming out saying, oh, he was, he was just saying, you know, he was joking. Marshawn was joking about it at first. Like, oh, like I was just asking him what he had at Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. And I told him and, and, you know, he didn't like what I was having. And then um, you have sources saying, oh, well, we, th- you know, he was saying no one in his country likes him. And, and now there's more s- sources are just saying certain things now. Um, and you can't really confirm any of it because uh, the way the CBA works, the NHL can't, um, I think, review any uh, mic'd up footage to give nah. out like, p- penalties and stuff like that or um, something like investigate that. it and stuff. So um, he kind of got away with saying whatever he said. And I, I there was definitely more that was said than 
what sources well, yeah. led on to. Yeah. And we're not going to know what he said, but I, I he said enough to you know piss Panarin off. And I guess it is a little bit of a – and I, I've seen some people being like, oh, like, you know, it, it's not a big deal. You're right. At the end of the day, it's not a big deal. People are chirping back and forth. I feel like for Panarin, once you start touching the Russia stuff and no one likes you and you, you get into a little bit of that, especially with the scare he had, you know, taking nine games off last, last season to make sure his family that's still in Russia was safe – it was probably just a, a really sore subject to, to really pester him about. So I feel like that's why, um, you know, he's just the rage took over and he tossed his glove over at him. But, you know, all time, you know, hilarious moment. And and we got a hilarious quote out of Panarin the next day. Um, he got fined $5,000 because uh, player safety is an absolute joke. And, um, and uh, his quote was, yeah, I lost $5,000, but uh, thanks to the old GM, because I got 11.6. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. It was definitely funny. I think it's a little bit blown out of proportion, but the clip itself is quite funny. But yeah, speaking of Jeff Gordon, actually, uh, new new Montreal president of hockey operations. Yeah, man. Jeff crazy. found his gig. Yeah, man. I mean, we got, we we have been saying on the pod for a long time, long time that he was gonna. Yeah, he was you know, next find, line. find his spot somewhere. Um, interesting that he landed in Montreal. I think um, I don't really know why they made that hire but you know it might be rebuilding his, a little bit it, no i mean definitely pedigree. for sure and, and, and i think there's definitely a little bit of that but i also it's just weird because they've already you know come out and said like now that they've hired him like they they want a gm um that speaks both french and which is um, the English. dumbest thing of all time yeah while we're on the you, subject you limit your your prospect pool down to a significantly smaller number um, it's going to be Daniel Breer is what it sounds and, and like. You, and I've heard uh, Patrick Waugh's name thrown out there and in there, dumb. too. I kind of hope it is because that would be stupid. But Dark Horse, someone, uh, I was listening to Chicklets today, and they, they were throwing around uh, Luongo. Yeah, Roberto. Yeah, I saw that. He's. I mean, he's got the pedigree with Team Canada and all that, so that would definitely be an interesting one. But, um, yeah, I mean, definitely a step up uh, in hot, running hockey ops now for Gorton. You know, so congrats to, to him and landing landing that gig and what, everything. Yeah, what Saravelli had said was that uh, Molson, the Canadian's owner, basically said that he envisioned, envisions it as, like, a collaborative thing, I believe. So, like, this guy is just going to – the GM that they hire, who's probably going to be Longo, Briere, there's a couple other names out there. It's just going to, like – be mentored by Gordon. So I think Gordon's going to be pulling the strings for a while. I think he's basically oh, be the I GM. I think so too. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, good for, good for him. Um, but yeah, no, um, it was, it was it definitely, yeah, it was a strange thing. I mean, you sent me a, a the Twitter notification that like everyone had gotten canned and I was very surprised. I didn't expect him to, yeah, I didn't expect him to camp Bergevin at that moment. That was pretty I crazy. I didn't either. And I, and I feel like, you know what, they probably would have done it last year. If um you did he if he didn't really kind of help orchestrate oh, that team to, to get to that cup final I think I think the writing was on the wall last year and I think um I don't want to say like oh maybe his uh his time in Chicago might have played a role in this too but like you have to think maybe that's possible like, somewhere like they were kind of you know what if more comes out you know. Type, type situation. Yep. So they fired their um, PR man too, which I found was very intriguing. I don't know why he was roped in with Trevor Timmons and Mark Bergman, who are GM and associate GM or were, 
But the fact that they threw the PR man in there, like, yeah, we fired our PR guy too. I was like, that was kind of strange, but she's her own. Because Montreal had those problems in uh, June or July with the draft and drafting that kid. But it's neither here nor there. This isn't a Montreal podcast. But, yeah, very interesting that Jeff Gordon landed on his feet there. Uh, didn't expect him to be in that role, for sure. No, I didn't either. I thought he went to get another GM role somewhere with, like, a struggling, rebuilding um, organization. Because that seems like that's kind of what he's made his um, – that's kind of his thing, you know. I and again, the, yeah. he got really lucky with the Rangers. You know, they won back to back lotteries. One of the best defense, one of the best defensemen in the league, said, "I only want to play in New York." You were able to sign huh. Panarin, so it's like he had a lot of stuff that was gifted to him. That is a lot. Um, That's a good point. And 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 when he made really great trades, he made really great trades. But when he made really bad trades, he made really, really bad, bad trades. trades. <laughs> like the McDonough trade, you you hate hearing that. Um, Libor Hayek was the centerpiece of that trade. That's just bad scouting. That's bad GMing. So, you know, you, you got to – and he's an NHL GM, so obviously he's going to have mistakes where um, he values some guys more than others. So that was one of his um, undervalued um, assets that is still on the Rangers today. Um, Libor yeah. Hayek survived all of it. He survived Brett Howden. He survived <laughs> David Quinn. He survived Jay, uh, uh, Gorton, JD. He like inevitable. He's, yeah, he is immortal. Um, but yeah, no, the Rangers, um, they looked good on Friday. The Panarin thing happened. Got some good quotes on that. And then, uh, yeah, Sunday, uh, game against the Islanders. The Islanders finally caught a break. The NHL threw him bone, Woo! and games had finally gotten suspended. Finally. Oh um, my goodness! Do you want to go into that and just like kind of yeah since describe we're... what your opinions and feelings were on the whole situation and could it have been handled any better or any worse? Good segue, but yeah, uh, I don't know. We, you and I have definitely talked about it, but I don't know where I err on the side of this debate because on one hand, I think that it was kind of ridiculous that they made them play with seven guys on COVID protocol. But on the other hand, the reason it was so bad was because Brock Nelson, Ryan Pulock, and Noah Dobson were hurt. Dobson's back now, but he was hurt. So can you really factor that into the COVID cancellation or is it just factoring into bad luck? I don't really know what the case is with that. So I think it's just partly the fact that you had a bunch of guys hurt and that's just kind of the end-all, be-all of the story, unfortunately. But um, I'm glad it got canceled eventually. I think it was ridiculous, at least uh, on a personal. Like, these these guys have a lot of young kids. Uh, who knows where they picked it up from? You never wanted to see, see it spreading through the team. But I think they definitely wanted the first homestand in UBS, which I'm okay with. You get Calgary and Toronto. Um, yeah, Jesus, we didn't have a podcast even after that, I don't think. Uh, but which we'll get to. Uh, gosh, that feels so long ago. But you had the first two games at UBS in Calgary and Toronto, both losses because they were a very depleted team. I mean, all the guys that waited to be there weren't playing, basically. And after that, I think he should have probably canceled, but I can kind of understand why they didn't because there were injuries factored into it. So a uh, tough break for the Islanders. It's just kind of the, the season from hell. They get back from the long road trip. They go 5-6-2. and two. That's fine by me. We talked about earlier in the season, like, hey, if they go 500, fantastic. But now you get hit by COVID on – Right as you get home, <laughs> right as you get relaxed, and now you're on an eight-game losing streak. So uh, it's a shame that it got put out that way and that COVID happened that way. But I don't necessarily – I'm not as upset about it as other people are, but I can see why people are, quite frankly. Yeah, I, I was talking to my dad about it briefly while I was home, and, and he, he kind of made 
the point that you just made too in that it is a brand new arena and it was your first homestead there and i kind of feel like the owners might have just been like we're we playing the fucking it. games yeah, you we're playing the it. fucking games i'm fine with that i'm fine with that yeah can't really blame them uh just gotta blame the timing of COVID. i mean if it came a week later might have been a little bit better but i mean just the, the timing was really bad awful yeah it's a shame but I, I think that another thing, I, I don't think NHL should go into the Olympics. I really don't think it's going to happen. With how things are progressing, this is the third outbreak in the league. Second time games have got schedule, rescheduled. I don't think it's going to happen, which is kind of yeah, I, I, terrible. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think that it's, it's going to happen either. And I, um, yeah, it was, it's, it's definitely a, a weird, they're in a weird spot because of the break. And if, you know, you, you have that three-week gap or yeah. two-week gap. So it's like, are you going to fill games in? Or are you going to give guys two weeks off? And so it's kind of like there's a lot of uh, – but it's kind of like you've already factored in a two-, three-week break into all these arenas. And if they have two arenas that play – or two teams that play in the same arena, it's like, well, we want to make up games and it's we want to – you know, it's it's a disaster. So, I mean, def- you definitely kind of need – and especially with NHL ro- or Olympic rosters coming out with – probably within the next few weeks, I'd have to assume, right? Like, they yeah, have to it's c- come be soon. out soon. It's December. <laughs> there's going to be a lot of guys who probably want to play, and there's probably a lot of owners oh, of who want their guys to stay back. And oh, yeah. It, it's a tough call because, you know, some guys who can make these teams who are, might be a little bit older, this might be their last shot yeah. at making the Olympic team um, and playing for a medal. So um, there's, yeah. a lot, there's a lot of play, and I'm kind of leaning – the same way you are in that um i don't know if they're gonna end up going i think the league is got a warning from Batman like we're gonna pull out if it doesn't get any better or we're not gonna yeah. let guys go if it doesn't get any better there's all these is- whispers in the media like oh like now it's all of a sudden like if in parentheses, the NHL players go to the olympics and i feel like that's just the writing on the wall at that point like i think the league has made up its mind it's just going to happen. Like they're yeah. not going. That'll be an interesting, um, an interesting thing to see and and see how that all plays out. So, um, yeah. definitely looking forward to to see what um, what's going on there. But um, yeah, what else we got to talk about? Um, I have uh, you. You have panic on here. Oh yeah, that was more about the first game of UBS where I thought that we were going to talk about it. On the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, of course, when we forgot our mic, but he looked great in the first game, Richard Ponick, and he hasn't really done anything since, so he's kind of just like off my list. I mean, he was a good energy guy, but really didn't do anything after the first game, but uh, yeah, I guess we just run to the Islanders super quick, the games. Uh, we'll against Calgary. They made a game. Of course, I said I, my it was my girlfriend and I's anniversary, and we were watching and at least I watched the start of the game because after I realized that, I was like, oh, it's like the first game of UBS. And I started watching. And I was like, this just looks like a regular hockey game. So, like, I really don't care, quite frankly. Like, it is what it is. Um, but we watched the first period and I was like, there's no way Brad Richardson is still playing. The guy's like in his late 30s. He's always been a good PK guy, but he hasn't been that like prolific of a player. I was like, there's no way this guy is still playing. And then five minutes later, he scored the first goal at UBS. So that was definitely a little bit obnoxious <laughs> of him, but I have to give him credit there. So that's your trivia fact for the future. Who scored the first goal at UBS? Brad Richardson. I think I think the Barclays was it was a, it was a Blackhawk. I'm not sure which one. It might have been Patrick Kane. Anyway, but yeah, they lost that game five two. Coming next day, Toronto three nothing loss. They look terrible that game. And Toronto's been on an absolute steamroll. They're on a tear. They're on a I think they're thirteen and, and two. 
13 and 2 in their last 15. Absolute insanity. Yeah, it's just they came and steamrolled us too. Had a couple of days off with the Ranger game, of course. I mean, credit with Stu's the Rangers. They look good. Um, Shosturka looked pretty good. I mean, the Islanders, they had their chances. Uh, they they put some good shots on. Shosturka looked pretty good. Um, I think Palmieri hit the post. That poor guy can't catch a break. But um, it was a tough game with the, obviously, COVID-depleted roster. But um, who else scored that game? Yeah, Rooney. Andy Andrahoff. That's a fun trivia fact. There you go. He scored the Islanders goal. Sick. Uh, then you move to Friday, a one nothing loss against Pittsburgh. I mean, come on, like, can we please? Like, I've watched, I've, <laughs> I've been to three honor games in person this year, and they've scored one goal. Like, that is just That's absolutely fucking brutal. brutal. Jesus Christ, absolutely brutal. But uh, we started with some excitement. Otto Kovula got robbed in the last minute by Tristan Jari. Uh, I, I noticed Jari too. I remember we talked about it because everybody talked about it back in uh, ooh, May. I think was this. P- uh, the Pittsburgh series, but he made this adjustment, and you can't see uh, for the people watching, but I'm going to show Chris. Like Instead of having his glove out to the side, he like holds it close to his chest now. So if you're ever watching Tristan Jari, I thought that was very interesting that he made that adjustment, and it clearly worked because he didn't let up any high goals, so good for him, but I don't want to... I'm just like... I'm in a weird spot with the Islanders because I don't blame them for what's happened. And I don't think a lot of people do. I think a lot of people blame the NHL. I'm sure you've seen on Twitter people who were pissed off, like just adding the NHL and Gary Batman and blah, 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 this, that. But I think the season is getting out of reach. If you don't go on at least a decent two to one win ratio. Oh yeah. They got to win some games soon. Yeah. I think it's getting out of reach. I don't think it's out of reach yet. There's a lot of hockey left. It's going to take a lot to call out of just seeing that they're five, 10 and two, but I don't think it's over yet, but I can't, bl- I feel like I can't blame them. Like the road trip to COVID it's just been a it's just been a tough season, and obviously expectations were very high, and things haven't worked out how you would hope. But um, I don't think I I really don't want to blame them. I, we knew it was going to be tough in the regular season, but this has just been I think much more difficult than people had imagined. So I don't know where I stand on that. It's definitely going to be interesting once the full roster's back. That's like the big test. Like they need to absolutely go on a tear. I think it was something like. They need to go at this point like 38, 20, and 4 to hit the playoff cutoff usually, which is like 95, 96. So it's not impossible, but it's tough. Yeah, they got to have a really good December. They got to, you know, yeah. win, win, win more games than they lose in December, obviously. And I feel like it, it's, I don't know when everyone's slated to get back. Oh, that's on the main roster. But I think it's I feel like tomorrow, maybe. But... All star break. If, uh-huh. It's still looking like you got oh, a losing you're, record. You're done. <laughs> you're, done. you're done. The season's over. Might as well just tank for a, t- a lottery. Yeah, pick. I agree. And then just come back. I think you have you have more cap space next year. You need to find a defenseman because it's just unacceptable. They've been playing the last three games with one NHL defenseman, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, I think you just kind of go out, use your cap space, get a get maybe get a forward. I don't know where he would slot in. Um, and get a defenseman and then just get a high draft pick. Pick up like Brad Lambert or Matthew Savoie, who are two very highly skilled centers. And you just go back at it next year and hope for the best. I mean, I don't I want think the to worst, be year, but the, the worst thing the Islanders do. And I mean, again, um, c- come time of like playoffs, you, you, you never know who's going to make a run. But I feel like yeah. the worst thing they could do is do what the Rangers did for years, where 
be just good enough to make the playoffs and you miss out on the lottery and you get like a like a late teens early 20s pick <laughs> it's just it's just not that's like probably, that's probably the worst thing they could do it's like is, purgatory is, is is make the playoffs and be like a first round exit and it's like well Ellie, hey you know we had our tough season but we made the playoffs it's like well, no, because long term, you just kind of like we just got fucked because yeah. you know we, we could have punted, we could have just gave up on the season and got a better draft pick, and we we would have been better next year, and we would have been in a better spot because everyone would have been healthy, and you know whatever. Um, so I definitely think that is like one of the the worst things they could do, but uh, be yeah, it, it, things yeah, kind of turn around out there. Um, yeah, fix our power play. I've never seen anything like it in my life. It's it was kind of jokes for a while. It's like oh, you know, this power play it sucks. I think they're one for their last 30. I really think it's about – because at the Pittsburgh game, about halfway through, my mom texted me because my uh, – or my mom my mom told me because she saw it on her phone because I went with her, and she was – um, she said that, oh, they're one for the last 29, and I'm pretty sure they had one more after that. So one for 30, it's just it's, – it's insane how bad it is. They give up shorthanded goals. That's what happened – yeah, the first Rangers goal was shorthanded, right? I believe it was. Um thought the Rangers scored on a power play. Uh, no, the Kreider goal wasn't shorthanded. I think they got... Oh, no, sorry. The first big chance the Rangers had was shorthanded. Rooney got stoned uh, by Sorokin. But regardless, they gave up a shorthand goal oh, against Toronto. Yes, 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 I do yeah. remember this. Yes. I mean, I, I've it gives up the momentum all the time. They had all the momentum against Pittsburgh. They had got a power play. It sucked. People were booing, rightfully. Pittsburgh comes down. They sense the energy, and they score. And that was the game. And it's just... I, it's so frustrating because obviously you want to point fingers at Jim Hiller, who is their power play coach, but I feel like at a certain point, you got to hope the players can do something, right? Like it has to be on them too. It's just, it's so frustrating. Every Islander fan is going to know what I'm talking about, but uh, that's, I think the biggest problem. So you get some power play goals, that would be much appreciated, but yeah, I think you're right. It's, if it gets to a point, I think January 1st is probably a good cutoff date. Everybody's like, oh, but the St. Louis Blues in 2019, they went on to win the cup. Like, when does that ever really happen? When does that ever happen before that? When does that ever happen after that? It just doesn't happen. More teams in St. Louis position are missing the playoffs 99 out of 100 times than they're winning the Stanley Cup. Yeah, that's kind of like – that was one of those things where if you saw it while you were alive, it's probably the only time you're going to see it. That's sick. (laughs) Good for them. It's very, very – the odds are very against that ever happening ever again. Oh, yeah. Where you had a team in dead last in the league <laughs> go on to win the Stanley Cup. I mean, it's it's, it's truly like uh, a like a magical type, you know, turnaround. Yeah, um, it really is. So yeah, that, that uh, it's it's not going to happen. Again. <laughs> yeah, I would. I I think things need to turn around there. One thing that I noted um, that I wanted to talk about before. Um, since we last recorded, um, the Rangers lost to Toronto, I believe in Toronto to one loss. Um, very good loss. Very, I was very happy with that loss. Um, I kind of walked away from it saying, um, I'm happy they lost in the fashion they did because they didn't, you know, they played the third period really well. Um, and it was a close game. They, they really turned it on the third. And I feel like that team had, two to three more minutes at the end of the third period, um, you know, soccer, you know, soccer style. Um, yeah. I think they could have scored because they were all over the Leafs at that point. Um, so, you know, happy with that loss. I'm happy. I'm happier with that loss than like the, the Panthers win. 
Yeah, you, if like you that gotta makes get sense. Good, like you gotta th- get good losses at some point. Like it's just how you grow. Like as a that team. was a very yeah. Like it, it was a very good loss. Like I felt very good about it. I was like, we lost the game. It is what it is. But it was much. It's I'm happier with that with that result than the Florida result because um, we you almost blew the game against Florida, but you were you were at least in it almost the entire time with the Leafs, who are one of the best teams in the league right now, if not yeah. the the hottest team in the league right now. Um, they had a game postponed against Ottawa, and then on the, what yeah, I had here the was damn the double. <laughs> yeah, what I, what I had here was the uh, we didn't, and it, it, it's kind of like it's old news now because we get a chance to talk about it last week. But the Buffalo game, um, an absolute barn burner. I mean, was it was back, it was it was back and forth for two minutes. Uh, no joke. Someone said if you went to the bathroom, you missed four goals, which is true. You missed legit yeah. four goals between both teams. Um, Buffalo scored, and then the Rangers scored, and then Buffalo scored, and then the Rangers scored. Like it was back and forth. It was an absolute just hodgepodge of goals. Um, nice word. And thank you. And, um, <laughs> Plus one. Ryan Lindgren. Ryan Lindgren. Ryan Lindgren with zero point seven seconds left. I mean, what an absolutely electric goal by by him. It was just of an ele- all it was people. one of the. It, it, yeah, just unreal. The fact that it was him, it was his first ever game winner. There was 0.7 seconds left on the clock. So it was like there was no way that game. No. There was nothing the Sabres could do at that point. You just blew the game. Um, excellent play on the boards by Kreider. Mika with the site to, to get the puck over to, to Lindgren. Um, basically, had the he was on the doorstep, basically, just begging to get put the puck in. There was no way. <laughs> I don't play. even know who the – I don't know who the Sabres goaltender is at this point, but I think it was there was Dustin no way he was Tukarski saving it. that game. Yep. Somehow, yeah, Remember, no yeah. way he was saving that. Um, but um, yeah, no, it was just it was what I want to say is it, if the Rangers make a deep playoff run, potentially even a Stanley Cup run, that's one of those moments that when you when you talk about the twenty one twenty two season. You're gonna talk like one of the goals or one of the moments that stood out to you, like holy shit, this team is legit. Is the Ryan Lindgren goal? Yeah, team, the team doesn't quit. It's gonna be something that sticks out to me for a long time, for the rest of this season at least. Um, and I and I and I definitely think it it just kind of showed you the 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 drive and the the fortitude of the Rangers. They they don't quit, which is not something you you. We're used to seeing the last couple of years. I was I mean, say, David, it's a game they probably lose last year, quite frankly. David, they probably lose David it. Quinn's team, you, they roll over and, and they get their bellies rubbed. You know, Gallant definitely has these guys playing oh, like, like champs right now, or Gallant. Apparently, um, on the Boston game on Friday, uh, Gerard Gallant just decided he was going to change his name. Like, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm, my name's actually Gallant. Oh, of course. It's like, uh, ah, there was a player back couple years ago, I used to do the same thing. Oh, it's what are you, Doi? It's it's either oh, is it John Tavares or is it John Tavares? I think it's one of those things. Like nobody <laughs> really knows. Well, I'm still gonna call him Kalan. Was this but, the game um, he chewed out Spanajad at the end? Yeah, so I was just gonna get to that. So yeah, um, I mean, old news at this point, but him and Spanajad yeah. were kind of going at it at the end of, at the end of the game, and a lot of people immediate immediate reactions is, "Oh my God, what did we just won the game in like the same <laughs> fashion? Like why are these two fucking screaming at each other?" And apparently Mika was barking at the ref, like saying, this is bullshit. I got tripped earlier, um, getting going into the zone. You guys didn't call it. What the fuck? All this shit. And Gallant's like, dude, what are you doing? There was yeah. 0.7 seconds left on the clock. It was a missed call. You could say it was a trip. They could say it wasn't. 
who cares? We won the game. Get over it. And um, obviously their relationship wasn't tarnished by it because uh, beat, rep- beat reporters were saying that they were laughing about it in the post game and stuff. And yeah, you know, it'll be fine. Water under the bridge. And I, and I feel like that's this is the kind of coach Zbanejad needs in his life. He needs someone that's going to kind of sometimes check him. And I feel like everyone needs that in their life, though. You know, just just someone who's going to check you and be like, dude, cut it out. You know, yeah. we, we won. Move on. Um, so Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, no, not at all. So it wasn't a scary moment. Uh, when, when you see it without context, you definitely get worried by it. But um, once you have context, you're like, oh, okay, like it makes sense. I'm glad that they were both aware that, you know, it was – it's 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 a nothing issue, and you just move on. And they did. And they won. Um, they won the next two games. Yeah. So there you go. Um, the Rangers are a wagon right now, man. Um, Unfortunately, they look really good. Um, they they were shaky here and there, winning games they probably shouldn't, losing games that you know they deserve to lose or they shouldn't have lost. But um, right now, the Rangers look good. I think everyone right now has a defined role. Um. I think maybe the only question mark on this roster is Dryden Hunt. And I think Hunt's looked really good um, for the most part. You know, he's on that line with Panarin and Strom now. Um, kind of maybe mold there. I think the team's maybe trying to mold him into a Jesper Foss type player. That's what some comparisons are. Not that he could be a Jesper Foss, but like a, a Jesper Foss type yeah. player where he fits that role. Kako got bumped up. But... As of, I think, this past weekend, um, you know, Jacob DeBrusque from Boston, he's come out and basically said, I want to get traded. I don't want to be here anymore. Um, and I think he's kind of going through a slump. I don't think he's having the best season He really so just far. hasn't clicked in Boston at all. Like, it just um, hasn't worked out. Yeah. And uh, I think it was it was someone. It was, I, it was, I think it was Drager or something. And, again, you, you take whatever he says with a grain of salt. But he's saying that the range <laughs> – He's saying that the Rangers are very interested in him. He said the Canucks are very interested. I feel like the the Rangers – sorry, go ahead. He said the Canucks are interested too, and I have no idea why the Canucks would be interested in getting any player right now. The Canucks are interested in everybody, quite frankly. Everybody. I mean, you have so many issues internally from the GM to the coach to the players that um, you got to figure out your own shit before you're saying we should start going after guys because – what is bringing new guys in going to do to that organization? Yeah. I just don't see any any world where you know Canucks bring in someone and that's the, you know especially DeBrusque and he's like the, the yeah. he's the guy that changes the locker room and the culture. There's just no fucking way. Um, but yeah, no, I was I, I I'm not yeah. The, the, the DeBrusque talk is definitely like I don't think he's a Ranger player. It's just like the way he plays. He's not good defensively. He doesn't really body check. He's just kind of like a. A sc- uh, he he tries to be a scorer, but I don't think he's ever eclipsed twenty because he was the fifteenth overall pick uh, right before Matt Barzell. But it just doesn't seem like the Gallant type player, especially if you're gonna put him in a bottom six role. He's just not gonna work out there. So that's just my opinion. Yeah, man, it's it's definitely. Um, I've been calling him Jacob. I think his name's Jake. Jake, yes. Yeah. Um, his name yeah, is probably Jacob. To be fair. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Um. Let's let's see his stats. Yeah, he's been with the Bruins since the seventeen eighteen season. He had forty three point. No, he did he did pass twenty seven. He had twenty seven goals in the eighteen nineteen season. Huh. Sixty eight games. Um, but he's kind of falling yeah, off I, after that. 
Yeah, no, his first two seasons in Boston were his best seasons. He had 43 yeah. and 42 points since then. Brutal. The shortened season, he had 35 points. And as of this, uh, as of last season in 41 games, he had 14 points. So not the best season last year. So, yeah, it's definitely not clicking. I would, I'm interested to see if the Rangers are legitimately interested in him and what it would cost to get him in here. Um, wait, what, what the, I know he plays wing, but. Uh, plays last wing. Yeah, if he's having trouble in Boston, I don't know how he would really benefit from potentially, you know, being told you're going to switch wings. Um, yeah, the Rangers have a right wing out. issue right now. The left wing is clogged up. There's no way he's going to play on the left wing because you're not going to move Kreider right now. You're not going to move Panarin right now. You're not going to move Laugh right now, and you're not going to move. No. Um, uh, either Reeves or um, so it's like, and the way Gauthier is playing right now, do you play him on the second line? Hunt's been looking. So it's like, it, 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 there's just a whole lot of question marks that I have in terms of bringing him in. And I, I just don't see it working out. Um, I mean, it could work out. And, and I feel like most seasons, if you know, you were to take a shot at a player like this, it's like, okay, whatever. Yeah. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, you know, who cares? Um, yeah. But right now, with where the team's at, they want to make the playoffs. They want to have a deep playoff run. I just don't think he's the guy the Rangers no. need right now. He's he's definitely not a top six four the Rangers are looking for um, because that's the piece they're missing. If they want to make that long playoff run, they need a top six right winger. Um, he's definitely not Hunt's, that. Because Hunt's not going to take you to the Stanley Cup. DeBrusque isn't going to take you to the Stanley Cup. Um I mean, yeah, he's been to he's yeah he's been to the cup and he's been in the playoffs, but it wasn't like he was the guy that did it. Um, when you have Marsha, when you have Marshan, Bergeron, McAvoy, Pasternak, oh, yeah. Char at the time, it's like you know these guys they they can bring you to a cup. Yeah, not um, the Brusque. So I'm definitely interested to see you know where he ends up if he gets traded this year. If they wait until the deadline, if they wait until the summer to do it, so I don't think it's even. I think he's going to fetch a mid round pick. He's really not that good, in my opinion. Uh, after seeing him in the playoffs, especially like he doesn't really do anything. He was a healthy scratch too in the playoffs, so I think it's like kind of overblown what people are saying about him. Like, oh, I think people a lot of people see like oh, like this 15th overall pick a couple years ago, like. I don't know. I think it's just overblown. I feel like it's like some uh, guys don't work out, man. Yeah, exactly. That's all it is. Like, I'm trying to give a good example. Maybe like I don't even know. It's just some guys you're right, just don't work out. It's like that whole trio for Boston, DeBrusque, Zaboral, and Sanishan. Ouch. And then you have Barzell, Kyle Connor, and Thomas Shabako after them. Ouch. <laughs> Could you imagine how good Boston would be right now? Be absurd. They probably gonna uh, pull it off with, I, I with like, cap, but Barzell is really good, and uh, I could respect that he's on the Islanders. So, <laughs> um, it is what it is. There, I I like Kyle Connor. I would really hate he's if he really, was on Boston. He's really good. And um, yeah, Shabbat if he played for Boston, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't care. But I'd also be like, damn, like they got another <laughs> filthy player. Like, come on, seriously. Yeah. But yeah, we'll, uh, um, we'll, see. we'll definitely see what happens. But very interesting, nonetheless. Uh, by the way, you brought up the left wing. He's a lot for me. I was like, uh, first fight against Pajot. It was a bad hit by Pajot. We didn't touch on it in the Ranger game. It was definitely a bad hit, but I think it was egregious. Um, I think a lot of people were like, 
I didn't realize how much you guys hate Pajot, which I think stems from probably the 2015, 2016 series. Oh, the days. Uh, Rangers fans hate him from they the Ottawa days. Hate that is Pajot. Deep, I, deep I, rude, deep seated, deep rooted. I um, couldn't believe hatred it. for that man. I love JG Pajot. I think well, he's a little rat. That's why. Like he pisses people off. He does his job. Plays good defensively. Shuts down your top guys. Something's wrong with him. First of all, that he has one goal this year, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, him, Paul, Mary, and Parisi need to show up. But regardless, um, yeah, I was surprised. Like once he hit Fox, and then he got jumped by somebody after the play. I forget who it was. And then Lafreniere got him out of so the yeah, box. He, so he hit Lingren high with the shoulder. Was it Lingren? I thought it was the, Fox. No, it was Lingren. Fox oh, attacked okay. him after. Oh yeah, 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 that's what it was. Yeah, so Fox went after him. Um, I think one. Because obviously, I think he would have done it if it was anyone. Uh, but two, I think because one, it's his um, defensive pair. Yeah, that helps. It's his line mate. So, and because th- him and Lindgren are really good friends and they're roommates, I definitely think there was there was just that oh, fight or flight instinct kicked in, and he chose fight at that point. Um, and then, yeah, I was I was honestly surprised when when Laugh went up against him. Um, first fight in his entire hockey career. Pajot never fights is, either. Like against the scrums, obviously, but he never actually it wasn't really a fight, I guess. It was like a tussle. No, it wasn't. There it was, was maybe tussle. like one or two punches yeah. thrown and then they just kind of fell. Um but uh and I'm glad I'm glad Laugh did it. Uh you know sticking up for his teammate Earned wasn't expecting rapport. it from him. And um I'm 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 really happy that Reeves wouldn't do it, and and it was kind of like Trotz wasn't gonna send Pajot out there when Reeves is on the ice, and I think Ryan Reeves knows that too. It's kind of like yeah, because yeah, sure. If if they're on the ice, obviously Reeves is gonna do something, and it's like I, Pajot gains nothing from just getting the fucking doors beat off of him. No. I mean, like because because Reeves just beat the shit out of him. I'm shocked Martin and Reeves didn't fight. They were chatting all night. Like, every single face-off they lined up against each other, they were chatting. So, I'm shocked that it didn't happen. Maybe if it was a closer game, they tried to swing momentum a little bit, but I was surprised it didn't happen. But good to see some Islander Ranger uh, feuding going on. I wish for once that both teams were good. Thought this was going to be the year, perhaps. That's not. But maybe there's still hope yet for us, but we'll see. Um, speaking of people hating each other, uh, everybody hates Brendan Lemieux, former Ranger, uh, as you noted in the the podcast notes. We don't really touch on it too much just because it was a, uh, a stupid incident in a Kings Senators game. But uh, yeah, former Ranger Brandon Lemieux bit Brady Kachuk and uh, just got suspended five games. Yes, he got suspended five games. Uh, all these reports coming out about how he's a terrible teammate in juniors and the NHL. Uh, you have, uh, what is it, Gilbert Gottfried <laughs> talking about his hilarious. Uh, somebody. All time clip. Somebody paid Gilbert Gilbert Gottfried to read out Brady Kachuk's statement, which was quite frankly hilarious. But yeah, uh, I can see why the Rangers moved on. It makes sense that a first round pick has been on four teams in five years uh, at twenty three years old. So uh, yeah, I think the math adds up for sure. Yeah, I, I think there are definitely some issues that you know, obviously people kind of um, like most father, people like who watch son. don't really know. Yeah, don't really know about. And I was listening to Chicklets today. And they were talking about it briefly, and they had mentioned that um, Kachuk and Lemieux, like adult man, father Lemieux and Kachuk fucking hate each other. Yep, there you go. They were always going at it when they played, and you know, both, <laughs> you know, both their kids, you know, the Kachuks and Lemieux, they're all around the same age. So you know, when they're all watching their dads fight each oh, other, of course. it's like, oh, like 
do you what, what do you think about Kachuk? And you know, Lemieux is like, I hate that guy. And then Kachuk's saying, Oh, I hate that guy. Yeah. When he's talking about Lemieux to his kids. It's kind of like rivalry just kind of boils over and generational crazy move by Lemieux. Yeah, it's it's a really it was a really crazy move that like he you bit him like uh, like it was so, just a strange, so uncalled for. Like, it's such a strange thing to do. Um, I don't understand like what was going through his head. Like, why did he decide like I need to bite this guy? He's, he's crazy and yeah, a mean guy. But we'll see. Yeah, it's funny actually. You mentioned his dad. Uh, the hockey history for those who don't know the Red Wings and the I'm sure you know, but just the general public, the Red Wings and Avalanche's had a have a great rivalry. And all spurned from a hit by Claude Lemieux, his dad, on um, – I forget who it was. I want to say nah, maybe Darren McCarty. I don't know really who it was, but it was bad. And the player got really hurt, hitting a hit, hit him into the boards, forehead into the dasher. It was terrible. Uh, he was fine eventually. but uh, And Brendan Lemieux was born in the same year as Claude Lemieux made that hit. So some things never change. Just Brendan Lemieux is a much worse, much worse player than – Quad ever was. Quad was a good player, as much of a rat as he was. Yeah, I feel like if Lemieux was like half the player his dad was, oh, he'd be great. At least put some points up. Yeah, you, you'd he had eight hundred points in twelve hundred games, 1,700 penalty minutes. Guy put up hundred sixty points in hundred thirty playoff games. I mean, hate him much you want. He's a good player. Former, uh, well, he wasn't. I thought he was Rangers a double. My bad. Yeah, Habs, Devils, Avalanche, Coyotes. When was he on the Devils? Didn't he win a cup with them? Yeah, from 1990 to 1995, so I believe he did. Yeah, so he and, won that 95 yeah. cup, I think. Yep. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, they had a lot of deep runs with the Devils, but yeah. Good old Brendan Lemieux. But yeah. Uh, we'll see you in five games, Brendan. But, um, <laughs> That pretty much wraps it up for me. I got I really got nothing else. If you want to start wrapping the show up, yeah. I mean, no, I was just gonna say UBS is a beauty. Uh, at least they're losing in style. They have all the food you can want. It's kind of incredible. They got uh, what, what do they got? They got sushi. They got like brisket and pulled pork. They got a whole bunch of different stuff. Like the blue the blue line delis there. They had a lot of nice touches. Like the blue line deli. They have a hall of fame for the plaques for the hall of fame players. They have a whole wall with the original season ticket holders, uh, which says the Koff family, which is pretty cool. Um, awesome. They have up on top, they have like a section where it says all the fan clubs across the world and all their logos. They have Offside Tavern, obviously, which I thought was going to be. I well, I've never been there, but I've heard great things. It doesn't. It's just kind of seemed like the, the other bars, which isn't their fault. It's kind of the Islanders deal, but I think the Islanders could have done more with it. But that's okay. Um, I heard um, Lou. Uh, kind of came that he said he didn't come down on them, but everyone's kind of like yeah. came down on them. They at the at the old location, they apparently had a lot of player, player drinks, drinks, and yeah. the, the, <laughs> team, the team, aka Lou Lamorello, said take yep. the fucking players' names yep. off of them and name them after, after the, the team. team. Yep, it's about the logo <laughs> on the front, not the name on the back. Elliot Friedman was saying like I forget what it, when he said it. It could have been in his uh. 31 Thoughts, where he talks about it on uh, Hockey Night in Canada. It could have been an article, but like basically, like Lou Amaral has like so much pull in the NHL, it's kind of ridiculous. It's basically the gist is what he was getting at, which I'm not surprised. That doesn't surprise me though. He he's kind of like a Godfather type. Oh, GM for sure. Where he just he, no matter what, he always wins. Yep. 
but yeah, that's about all I had. It was good to good to be there. Good to see the arena in person. I'm sure you will get there eventually. Maybe we'll go for now in the Ranger game. But uh, yeah, it was it's very nice. I'm I'm happy the Islanders finally have a home. I have to get used to it that this is where they play now for probably the next 50 years. Like it's kind of a wild thought that they're just there and they're gonna stay there. Um, at least until I'm very old, which is kind of crazy. But uh, it's good to have a home. It's very nice. Uh, if you don't, like, if you have a chance to go see it, I would definitely go and see it. Uh, bit of a pain to get to sometimes. Uh, the parking's a bit far, but can't complain. Once you get in that arena, it's an absolute beauty. So it's good to be there. But yeah, that's about all I had. I don't know if you had anything else, or we could uh, wrap her up. Uh, just one more comparison to yeah. um, Lou Lamorello. Um, <laughs> If we want to keep it uh, in in modern uh, comparisons, he reminds me very much of if anyone watches the best show on TV, aka Succession, he is a Logan Roy prototype guy. He's just old. Should should probably hang it up, but it's like, nope, I'm 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 still staying here, motherfucker. I'm not leaving. I do not watch, but I will take your word for it. I'm sure some people understand. Great show. Let me know. If you if if you're listening to the episode, let us know if you watch Succession. Let's talk Succession. I I that's one of my favorite shows. So let's talk Succession. I've heard great things. Maybe I'll watch. We'll see. What's it's on a Netflix? Great show. Uh, H- HBO Max. Uh, <laughs> that stinks. That's okay though. I gotta figure out something but, uh, to watch. I just figured finish you. So that uh, was my girlfriend. So I gotta figure out what I want to watch next. But we'll figure it out. But yeah, shall we do a uh, walk of the week and the number of the week? Yeah, for sure. Um, you want to go, you want to go first? Or you want me to? Yeah, start I'll do, this puppy off. I'll do my lock of the week, and then you can do yours. And then you have the numbers. So, uh, lock of the week, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I don't really have anything. I don't know when the Islanders are gonna play, so I'm not sure what I want to do with that. So I'm gonna pick a different game, and this is just totally. We're just totally going off the wall at this point because I did not prepare at all. But I'm gonna go. You know, yeah, Friday night at MSG, Rangers over Sharks. I think that's a pretty safe bet. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah, my lock of the week is the Rangers have um, six games within the next 14 days. Um, they, play Philly t- they play Philly tomorrow, which um, uh, sites are already coming out that the Rangers are like 84%. Uh, they have an 84% chance of winning that game. Um, I hate that that's come out already because uh, it makes me believe that the Rangers will absolutely find a way to lose that game. Um, even you were certainly right about right Philly. Now. You were right about Philly. I was definitely wrong as of now. But uh, the Flyers now are good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so hopefully they win that game. Uh, yeah, so their next couple of games are at home. So they should beat Philly. I would say, yeah, lock is to beat San Jose. Um, they should also beat Chicago at home. And then they play Chicago two days later in Chicago. So um, I feel Ooh, like Chicago. they Yeah, so I feel like um, out of these six games or, yeah, one, two, yeah, out of these next six games, they should beat Philly. They should beat San Jose. They will drop one of the Chicago games. I don't think they'll win both. Um, so I'm going to say they're going to lose the one at home, win on the road. Um, Colorado's the next big test for them. Nathan McKinnon's back. Uh, Bowen Byram's back. Kel McCarr's playing really good. Um, everyone's kind of back on that team. So that's a big test for them next week. And then um, they got Buffalo on the road, and they should beat Buffalo. So I think the Rangers' six games, they go four and two is my lock. That's fair. Um, That'd be good. 
they might not win the games I say they're going to win, but I think they'll go four and two within the next six games. Uh, and then they got Nashville, and uh, that's a seventh. Yeah, they, they play a lot in December. Um, <laughs> they, they don't have a huge. Break. They don't. They're not, they're not getting a ton of breaks. Must be nice um, to know when you play because I I don't think the Islanders are going to play Thursday against San Jose. So don't think it's so going to happen. You, I think you're the one who told me that it was um, Sezikis, right? That yeah, that he was the additional COVID. player. So somehow, miraculously, no one on the Rangers' main roster tested positive for COVID. Everyone's tested negative. The only player Sasika's got who didn't even play the game, Greg McKeg. Greg McKeg. Poor Greg. Yep, so he shut down. Uh, so, yeah, the Rangers I think it's easier team to team. from Hartford right now, though, because <laughs> they shut down their entire yeah. operation to make sure no one has COVID. There's a bunch of teams in the AHL. Like, it's, it's bad, but. Uh, so they're kind of fucked. So the Rangers are kind of fucked there. But um, so if an injury does occur, um, I really don't know what they do. Um, but yeah, no, they. Um, Greg McKegg, the only Ranger in COVID protocol, Hartford shut down for now. So hopefully, no one tests positive there. Um, that's what happens though. Like they went to Zeke's. Like they obviously understood COVID problem. Zeke's got it, and he's got Sidney Crosby in a headlock the next night. Like what do you like? What do you expect to happen, NHL? Complete side note: Sid is playing WWE style rules this year. He's just fucking tossing guys all he's just, the time. He, now. He's had enough. I think he's frustrated. He is very angry. Oh, Sid, Sid trade incoming? Question mark. <laughs> Jeff Gordon lures Sid to Montreal. Imagine. Oh my god, dude! That Montreal would be like Vancouver uh, when they lost in the finals a few years back. I mean, just. That place would burn to the ground, but just happy burns. <laughs> happy burns and happy tears. Yeah, Vancouver is not happy burns, that's for sure. But uh, that's all right. But, yeah, good stuff. We'll see when the honors play. I can't see them playing against San Jose. But then again, maybe I could because they're not going to want to send San Jose back to New York if they're already doing their Eastern road trips. So we'll see what happens. I, I don't think they're going to have their whole team back by Thursday because I mean, we already talked about it, but, like, it's by then – you're off COVID protocol on Thursday, but you haven't had any practice. So, oh, well, we'll see. But uh, number of the week. So, yeah, number of the week is number nine. So, a very illustrious, illustrious number for the New York Rangers. It's been retired twice. That's, a, um, that's just dumb. But <laughs> Yeah. It, it's Maybe I'm sure the reasoning is very wholesome and good, but. So, yeah, I don't know who it got retired by first. It was definitely – I think I think Bathgate got retired first and then um, they retired Graves too because he was part of the 94 I guess team. it makes sense because, like, if it wasn't retired then and they wore it. Yeah, no, he was he sense. was able to wear it. And then they – so that's why he got retired twice. And Graves was obviously going to be a Rangers Hall of Famer. And yeah. They were going to retire his number because so, he was part of that cup-winning team. So it makes sense. Um, but, yeah, it was retired – um, it was Adam, retired twice. not father of Ryan Graves, as we <laughs> so duly remember. So sad. <laughs> um, so yeah, the first player. But the, what's funny is there, are, uh, and I'll go into Graves' career and and, and everything uh-huh. that he he did, but um, and, and Bathgate. But the first player to ever wear number nine for the New York Rangers, and there's a lot of funny names on this list, um, <laughs> was a Finnish dude named oh. Penty Lund in 1951. He played five years in the NHL. That's pretty good. Um, you want to know when he retired or what age he retired at? I think it was something really stupidly high or stupidly low. I'm going to go like 28. 
27. He oh. retired at 27. <laughs> so close. Um, 1953 was his last season. He played three years in New York, three years in Boston, 182 games, 77 points. Probably got drafted um, in Finnish War. Who knows? Yeah, so who who knows with that, man? That was that was weird. Hey, but, he got his bag um, and he left yeah. back to Finland. Yep. Uh, Respect. Andy Bathgate wore it from uh, 56 to 64. Um, he's a Hall of Famer, one-time Cup winner, four-time All-Star. He won the Hart in 58-59. Um, but, yeah, played for the Rangers for most of his career. And then um, and they played for Detroit, uh, Pittsburgh. Um, and they played in the WHA for a few years. But, um, yeah, for New York, 12 years, 719 games, 729 points, but a minus 28. So um, how did they, I didn't even know they kept track of plus, plus minus back then. <laughs> Oh jeez! Um, like, yeah, the, the next, the next player to wear it um, was in the sixty-four, sixty-five season. One year, Dick Duff. So that's an all-time um, name, right there. And then uh, a few years after that, Real Lemieux wore it. So um, wow, thought that was a funny name. This, why don't we use this uh, podcast? Big, big Lemieux podcast. Yeah, and then just a bunch of guys you've probably never heard of, and and they're irrelevant. Wore it. Um, and then it was, yeah, no. And then the next most prominent person to wear it was Adam Graves from 92 to 2001. Um, he won a cup with the, he's a, so a two-time cup winner, one with the Rangers, a one-time all-star. He won the Clancy in 93, 94 and the Masterton in, in, um, 0201. Uh, let's see what his Rangers stats were. He played 10 years for the Rangers, 772 games, 507 points, um, 280 goals for the Rangers. So pretty solid go. career um, in New York. Um, and he won two cups. Um, and then the next player to wear it after him was the last player to ever wear it. Uh, the 2002-2003 season, Pavel Bury. Wow. Um, there's, a, there's a name. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he wore it uh, for his – he was on the Rangers for two years, but um, the I think the year – the first year he was on the Rangers, Graves was still on the team, so he was not able to uh, wear the number. The next year he he switched over to nine. Uh, but in the two years retiree, he played, thirty years old, thirty one. They're saying. Um, yeah, so in the two the two years he he played for the Rangers, he had fifty one games played, um, thirty one uh, thirty one goals for fifty points. Um, so tail end of his career, um, obviously. Uh, he was known for uh, the antics and the speed and the skill. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, and losing yeah, no, short in the '94 Cup. Yeah, really short career. That's kind of. Um, I think he had some sort of injury issues. I can't remember what, but yeah, it's a real shame. He's a good player. He had two back-to-back 100-point seasons. His, yeah. third, his second and third year in the league, and he had two 60-goal seasons. There you go. Then he had a 58-59 goal season uh, when he was in Florida. Jeez. Also, speaking so, of plus minus, uh, just to deviate a little bit, you said that he was a minus twenty eight, and it piqued my interest. I was like, I know Larry Murphy is the best plus minus. He's like plus six fifty for his career. It's like who is the worst? Uh, it's minus two fifty seven for Bob Stewart, but that's not the reason I'm saying this. Rasmus Ristolainen is in the bottom twenty all time. The man is a minus one sixty eight for his career. That's and wild, he is, and he is still an active player. I thought that was kind of crazy, but yeah. That was the only what thing. a move by Philly. Oh, yes. Yeah, you got to give you credit on that one. Elaine Vigneault's teams. <laughs> they suck. He's not a good coach, man. They're like trying Cut to – All the Flyers fans I've seen online are like want to tear it down. Like everybody but Carter Hart and Sean Couturier, gone. 
Makes sense. I mean, but uh, crazy. Definitely, yeah. It's definitely not good times for them right now. But um, yeah, that pretty much wraps it up for me. Before you're closing, if anybody made it this far, uh, sorry for my mic. I'm gonna get a new one next week. I'm on my one broke, so uh, appreciate you sticking with me and you probably listening to this for an hour uh, sticking with it. But uh, you need to see it. Lasted a good what year and a half, but we will we will we will come back stronger with a new mic next week, sir. Uh, but yeah, no, that pretty much wraps it up for this week. Uh, thank you again for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast listening platform you uh, listen to the show on. Leave us a five-star review. Uh, write a nice little comment. Share the show with your friends, your family. Um, your cats. Yeah, anyone who Mochi. cats, dogs. That, anyone who could listen to the show should be listening to the show. Um, yeah. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Sorry we didn't put an episode out last week, but hopefully um, everyone had a good Thanksgiving. Yes. Um, hopefully the Rangers keep on rolling, and uh, hopefully maybe there's a turnaround or something happens for the Islanders. But um, definitely, definitely a little worried if I'd be an Islander right now. <laughs> yeah, that's okay though. Yeah. You know they 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 had they had their few years of of being good, and and now the Rangers are trying to nah. Trying we'll to take be back. Some shine. We'll be back. That's all right, but yeah, good episode. I don't, I don't doubt it. The Islanders will. I, I think they'll figure it out. But next I, I just don't. Next think, I, yeah, I just don't. I think this season might be lost, especially if, like we said, they don't turn it around. It's been by the a end tough of first December, seventeen so. games. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely, okay. Definitely. Um, yeah. yeah, like I said, uh, subscribe to wherever you listen to. Uh, Five star review, nice comment. Uh, follow us on the social medias. Twitter, Instagram, at from Broad to Bell. Follow our personal accounts. Kevin, anything else? Nope. All right. Well, thank you again for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Peace.